I'm Dean Blandino, and you're listening to Scoop FM. Hello and welcome to Scoop FM, the official podcast of Shad Dynasty League, the only league that counts. I'm your host, Dan Belinky, and you know, I missed a week, but I did. I, this is going to be a hell of an episode. I did a lot of research on this. I've got a lot of stuff I want to talk about, um, and at the very end of the episode, I did a remaining strength of schedule for our league that I think you're going to be very, very interested in hearing who's got the easiest, who's got the roughest schedules coming up as we head into the ever most important weeks leading into the playoffs. Yes, that's right. But first, let's talk about some real games in the real NFL that went down because a couple people's favorite teams in this league played each other. But first, let's start with the absolute slop fest that was the Lions versus the Steelers. It just, I was literally when overtime started, I was praying for a tie. That's pathetic. And I mean, it was just it was a mess of injuries and ill-preparedness and and sloppy football all across the board. Uh, there's so many people I want to blame, but I just I won't blame any of them in particular. It, it, it's just disgusting. I, I don't know. It, it was it was what I kind of hoped hope would happen though. I had mentioned on the podcast before that if they were really out of contention, I, I just hope they would have benched Ben and let Mason slash Haskins start like three games each just so they could know for sure that they weren't the guys and we didn't have to do that dance next year of, oh, we like the guys we got in our locker room. It's like, really? You do? Do you really? Um, So I much prefer that we got to see that. I get it was off of one-day practice. And, yeah, it's kind of a little bit of a blessing, not for uh, the playoff odds, but, you know, we're going to get to see it again against the Chargers. So, And this is with a full week to prepare. Now, I think if Claypool was in that game, things go a little differently. You notice the the and and no Juju, right? You're down to Washington and and uh, Ray Ray McLeod, who's just has maybe the lowest football IQ I've ever seen starting for the Steelers. It's so bad. But regardless, that's a mess for another day. Now, the absolute dicking down of the Browns by the Pats, I caramba. That was insane, man. I mean, I, what do you do if you're the Browns, too, a quarterback next year? What, what I think happens, the safe, conservative move would be to say, okay, Baker, like, you know, we appreciate everything you've done for the team. We're going to, you know, they pick up your fifth-year option and maybe even add a six-year. But, it, you know, it's some kind of deal where it's like, okay, a six-year at, like, $20 million. You know, something, like, completely reasonable for a starting quarterback to make. Or just don't give them anything. Just say, yeah, you got to play your fifth-year option out. You were hurt. We'll see where we're at. I mean, I don't know. The splashier move might to might be to make a move, right? I mean, like, I mean, if a Rodgers situation boils over, geez, I don't know. Maybe you want to bring someone else. Or maybe you want to draft, especially with this year's quarterback class, with a lot of guys that seem like, yeah, they might be available in the second, maybe don't have the polish, like a, a Desmond Ritter type. Maybe you just want to take one. Uh, Bob's going to say I'm fucking stupid for that, but I, I know he's hurt. I just don't know. this. The roster is built up. You have the O-line. You have the, you have the running backs. Don't necessarily have the receivers. 
and the defense is a little shoddy, but you got Miles in his prime. I mean, I don't know. That'll be an interesting situation. But the big story, of course, is McCorkle Jones. Uh, the entire NFL media complex is collectively creaming themselves over McCorkle Jones. And yeah, he's, he played really good. He played really good. Now, I, w- I will say a couple of things. Number one, He's been playing good all year, and everyone says, "Oh, you can't deny he's the great. He's been the best rookie so far." It's like, yeah, well, like as soon as he got drafted by the Pats, we were all like, "Oh, wow, he's going to the best situation. <laughs> he's gonna have the best coach, the best offensive coordinator, the best offensive line, not the best weapons, but the institution, the stability is there, and I think all of that's." bearing out right and early on in the season they weren't really asking him to do much I mean he had efficient games but it was mostly dink and dunk stuff right they just started letting the ball rip a little more now that their line is back and healthy uh they got their left tackle back so they got to kick in, uh, on Wayne to right tackle and it's made a huge difference right I think it's made a it's, it's made a discernible difference and how aggressive they can be. He can, you know, get to more deeper parts of the playbook, deeper parts downfield, whatever. I mean, it's just a different situation than any other quarterback is in. I mean, you're talking multiple decades of stability in that organization from from the coaching staff, from Belichick, right? Versus Lawrence with the Jags, who have absolutely nothing, starting from scratch. Uh, Fields, you know, the Bears are a dumpster fire, right? Nagy is, like, on his last legs. That's just, that's a chaotic situation. Wilson, same thing, brand new regime, starting from scratch, loser franchise. And Lance, I mean, we just don't know. We haven't even seen Lance yet, you know? But, I mean, I can't, you can't deny Max been the best so far because he's also in the best situation. I mean, he has the most success. The Patriots are going to be a playoff team. I had them as one of my playoff teams headed into the year. I thought that was pretty easy. I mean, just look at all the guys that got back who opted out of COVID. You knew their defense was going to be better, and it is. Um, So I just think, you know, the whole situation, good line, good defense, good run game, puts a little pressure off him, institutional support. Like, that's great. I like Mac Jones, and he's doing well. But this is kind it's like one of those stories. It's like, hey, most pro-ready quarterback is most pro-ready as a rookie, more at 11. Yeah, I mean, this is kind of exactly what we would expect. Um, and in terms of like, you know, in terms of the NFL draft, you know, it's one of those things like, well, if you're the Jets, you got to be kicking yourself. You missed out on Mac Jones. It's like, yeah, I guess. I mean, would Mac Jones have been this good on the Jets? I don't think so. Their line fucking sucks. They don't have, you know, their, their weapons, their run game, their defense. It's all worse in the Pats. The coaching's worse. Everything's worse. Would he be having, I mean, I think he'd be better than Zach Wilson, but it's not like, that team has more problems, you know? I mean, Zach Wilson could still pan out okay. So I don't know where, you know, and and people go, well, you know, the Falcons really should have thought of it. It's like, yeah, I don't know about that either. I mean, Matt Ryan's okay, right? I I don't know if Mac Jones is the difference there, right? It's more like a team that needed a quarterback should have taken him, like the Panthers, like the Broncos. And I I said that at the time, but thinking about fields. Um, But, you know, I... I never, I never, when Billy, Billy traded with me to get to Mac Jones, and this is where I'm going with this, sorry for rambling, and at the time, I, like, I talked to him before, and I said, oh, we were talking specifically about Mac Jones, because he let me know he might be interested, you know, if he was available, and I had a first, he might want to move up, and, you know, I told him at the time, I think Mac Jones is going to be a really good pro, I said, I'm kind of sick about it, we had a discussion about it, I was like, I think it's a perfect marriage, 
my only hesitancy with with getting him in fantasy is just well he's going to be the Brady of you know the the first 10 years of Brady's career which is like yeah great NFL success but that's not always translating to fantasy right and in fantasy well at least in dynasty I mean if you look at it and you say hey Mac Jones should go the highest because he's the most pro ready at on the best team which means if he pans out he's going to be a 15-year starter so that's the most valuable asset but but my my thing is like is it I mean is is getting a player that you know you can have for 15 years more valuable than someone like a Jalen Hurts who you might only have for two years but has the potential to be like a top three fantasy scoring quarterback see I don't know because then you just keep loading up on Jalen Hurts whenever they're available right I mean that's kind of been my mo that's how I sort of have approached it like Billy's going to be on the other side of this we'll see how it plays out over time like Mahomes certainly has that that capability but he's going to have Mahomes and Mac Jones for 10 or 15 years you know I'm rolling with guys like Lamar and Jalen Hurts where I think Lamar could be a long-term starter I don't know how long he's going to like continue running but he's certainly taken he's elevated his passing games that that puts my mind at ease that he can he can last longer but that fantasy ceiling might drip drip down as as uh as he gauges but you know I mean it's like that's what I do is like uh, I'm gonna go for the guy who has that crazy explosive fantasy ceiling even if it doesn't last as long as a guy that I'm confident will start for 10 years like a Derek Carr or a Kirk Cousins it's like you know they're gonna start for 10 12 years but I mean are people clamoring to get them are they winning you seasons no they're just the bedrock of your team and, and for Billy, that actually works perfectly because, like, you have Mahomes, you have that perfect mix of stealing and long-term stability. Like, to just have a Mac Jones and say, he's going to be my quarterback too forever, and I never have to worry or draft this position again. I can just – because so many teams are trying to figure it out at quarterback all the time. So not having that as a concern, I mean, you, every rookie draft, oh, I'll just get the best receiver. I'll just get the best running back. I'll just keep loading up my team because quarterback is not a concern of mine. That's a huge advantage. So I guess you do have that. Like that's that's sort of the trade-off. But anyways, I wanted to dig into, you know, I can say that. You could say, but Dad, he's been playing good. Well, you know, he's 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 done well in fantasy. Well, let's let's just look at the numbers real quick. So let's look at points per game for starts. You know, I'm I'm only looking at the times they've started for each rookie quarterback. So Mac leads the pack at 13.7. Trevor Lawrence is behind him at 12-9, Trey Lance at 11-4, Fields at 9-8, Wilson at 8-4, 8-5. He's, oh, oh I'll, I'll include Davis Mills, who's at 9-6, so he's actually ahead of Zach Wilson, okay? So clearly, you know, Max got .8 on Trevor Lawrence there, right? Um, you know, but th- those two, you know, he's beaten Trevor Lawrence, but those two are mostly ahead of the pack, right? But in terms of overall rank, that average point per game would put Mac at the 28th best quarterback so far this year. Trevor at the 32nd, Lance at the 36th, Fields at the 38th, Mills at the 39th, and Zach Wilson at the 42nd. So it's like none of those guys are doing much, which is, a, which is I'll get to that in a second, but we'll finish this thought. But I looked at it, 
and it wasn't really fair because the points per average was including a couple games for Trey Lance and Justin for Trey Lance where he was not the starter. He came in for packages, right? So he like came in and scored a touchdown or came in and ran a couple plays in the end zone, but he hasn't done that for a while. So I threw out those games. Uh, Fields came in halfway for Andy Dalton when he got hurt, and Davis Mills did the same. So I I, I did some math to kind of take out, uh, you know, factor in the fact they only played a half game when they scored those points. So if I do that, well, now Lance, in the two games he starts, he averaged 17.5 points per game. That would be the 14th highest scoring quarterback so far this year. 14. Max at 28. Lawrence is at 32. The, the, um, the, the movement for Fields and, and Mills, it, it improves their score, but they're still the 38th and 39th ranked. It doesn't help them at all. So that, that kind of goes to the whole point of it. It's like Lance can't even see the field he's so fucking raw. <laughs> and like Shanahan, if this whole thing blows up and he gave three first-round picks for this guy, like he's fucked, and, and Lance is never a starter. But when he does start, he's going to score a lot. Two, two, first two starts, 14th overall, 14th. That's pretty, that's something. So another thing I looked into is I feel like, okay, so the, the rookies had a kind of a rough start. You know, it takes a while to acclimate. I want, I feel like if you get 20 points from your quarterback, that's kind of the baseline. Like if you get 20, you're not thrilled, but you're not mad, right? Anything lower than 20, you're like, really? Really? You got 18, Tannehill? What the fuck? Right? You get 32, you're excited. So like 20 is kind of the baseline where you're like, I expect 20. So I want to see how long did it take these guys to get to 20 points? Okay. So, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to save Mac for the end. So Trevor Lawrence, his fifth start team scored 19 points in a loss, but he got the 20 fantasy points. Fields took him six and a half starts. Team got to 22 points in a loss. Davis Mills has actually done it twice. <laughs> did it his third and a half start. Team lost, but put up 22 points. And then he did it again, his six and a half start. They have that half game. That's why it's a little fucked up. Again, 22 points and a loss. So moral of the story is, you know, it took about five, six. Old Davis Mills a little ahead of the curve, three and a half, four. Took a couple weeks to get acclimated and get to a 20-point game, right? Mills had two. The others all had, the others had one. Um, but then, but then my point is, is that, Hear those scores, 19 loss, 22 loss, 22 loss, 22 loss, like, but they're putting up 20-point games. So, by the way, Zach Wilson has never done this, so he's not even in the conversation. Mac Jones, it was his seventh start that he hit 20 points in a, in a W where they beat the Jets. They put up 54 total team points as a team, and his second 20-point game was last week, his 10th start when they put up 45 points. And when I tell you a 20-point game, I don't mean like 30 or 35. I, I mean 20. I think I rounded up one. I think it was actually 19-9. But it, it was 22 and 19-9. And I mean, that like that is kind of my point, right? Like these other guys who have a little more mobility who are maybe in worse situations where they're going to have to put more of themselves on their backs, they're scoring that kind of points in a loss, Right, if the team turns things around, can you can you imagine the kind of points they'll score? Right, where like Mac Jones, steady Eddie, he's a sturdy birdie, but I don't I don't see the fantasy explosion. Right, I mean two twenty point games when his team has put up forty five plus, and by the way, Lance his first his first start was a twenty point game. 
team scored 21 points in a loss. So that's kind of my point. But my overall point uh, ahead of that is if you look at, you know, knowing what we know now, knowing how Mac Jones performed, where would he go in the draft? Well, he already went six overall, so he can only move five possible more spots, right? There's only five guys ahead of him. And this gets into this really tricky, tricky conversation about the valuation. I mean, do you take him ahead of Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields? I don't know. I just, I don't know. I kind of, I still want to wait it out, you know? I mean, if Billy offered me Trevor, offered me Mac for Trevor straight up. Now, I'm a, I'm a weird consideration, and this goes into another question about valuing these draft picks. I'm in a weird consideration because right now I've got the most points in the league, spoiler, and um, like I'm, I'm kind of win now. So maybe actually Mac Jones helps me more because something happens to Hertz or or Lamar or something, then I I could probably get I could probably trust that I'll get a a better floor with Mac Jones in the playoffs than I will Trevor Lawrence. But I mean long I still got to consider long term. I'll probably still stick with him. Fields from Devin Devin's not competing. I don't think he would have any desire to do that. So I I don't think you put it ahead of those guys. I wouldn't hate if you had it, but I don't think you do. And now here's the other thing. So who else went ahead of him? Najee Harris. Uh, you going to take him over? I don't know. I'm going Najee. And now, again, this now might be some of my issues, right, of I'm kind of win now, so I, I would love Najee more than I'd want Mac Jones. But I don't know how other people would feel. I wouldn't put him ahead of that. Kyle Pitts? Yes, I'd put him ahead of Kyle Pitts. Absolutely. That's more and more looking like a bad pick. I mean, I just thought he was so fucking generational. I was like, oh, come on, you can't miss, but... And I, and I do think he can get there. I think in a year or two we can look and say, hey, he's the dynasty tight end one. And that, that could be a big advantage for me competitively. But again, in a year where I'm competing, it's like, I don't even start this dude, right? A flex would have been more valuable. Um, now, here's the, there's only one other possible skill player that could be in this conversation, which is Jamar Chase. So Pitts goes out, but I think Chase is in. And I don't think I take Mac over Chase, to be honest. I mean, I know I, that's such a hard conversation. Like, you feel like receiver is so ah, – maybe I would. I don't know. Receiver you feel is so replaceable. But think of the games he's already put up. If you were starting him every week as one of your flex and you're a win-now team like I am, that's a lot more valuable to me than a guy like Mac that I'm not going to start, right, even if receiver is more replaceable. So I don't know. I think Pitts goes out and Chase goes in. So, so far, he hasn't moved at all, except we got one guy left to talk about. Trey Lance. Yikes. Yikes. Another pick of mine. See, when I made these picks, I said, I'll take Lance because now I have Lawrence. So see, my concern was, all right, Lamar, I think I could trust. Jalen Hurts, I can't. The more I'm watching Jalen Hurts and the Eagles, and I've always believed they should keep him around and just, hey, your team fucking sucks. Use your high picks. Stink. Even if he's, if, even if he's not your answer, let him start because then if your team sucks, you'll always have a top 10 pick. And in a couple years, wow, look at this. We have all these top 10 picks and we made a great team. We fixed the O-line. We fixed the defense. We got better receivers. Okay, great. Now let's draft the young quarterback that's going to replace Hurts. Like don't draft him when the team still sucks and you have Jalen Hurts who's a competent starter. But the more I'm watching it, the more I think that might happen next year. I mean, if they're in a position to take Matt Corral, I think they're going to take him, but it's not a very strong quarterback class, and I could see them with three picks in the first round being someone that's like, trade up with us. Trade up with us, and we'll take a first next year so you can get your quarterback, and we're just going to load up on defense. So I think Hurts is starting another year. But my point being, 
I took Lawrence for the stability there of saying, okay, we'll just take him, one-on-one take him for stability. And now that you got that stability with him and Lamar, take Lance because you can wait and it can, yeah, but the thing was I'm competing now. Now he sits rotting on my bench, not doing anything. I go back to those two games I brought up. He'd be the 14th highest scoring quarterback average of those two games. 20-plus points, his first start ever, runs a lot, scores a lot of fantasy points, but he doesn't do anything for me. So would I put Mac Jones ahead of him? I'm going to say that most of the league would say yes, and I'm probably inclined to feel that way as well, but we'll see how things play out. So all that said, I think Mac Jones goes up one spot to five. I think it's. I think if we redraft today, depending on who's there, I think it's... It, it, you know the top four. You can you can t- depending on who is drafting, right? Top four you can debate the order, but I think it's Lawrence Fields, Najee, and Chase ahead of Mac. So he jumped up a spot, which is you know twenty percent of the total amount he could jump. But we'll see. By the end of the year, I could be singing my tune of oh fuck, man, Lawrence and Fields. It just this situation can doesn't matter if the situation's fixed. They just stink. Um, but anyways, that was a fun little diatribe. Uh, let's get into. Wait, and you know what? The one other thing I want to say about overvaluing this quarterback, I'm looking back. I just gotta say, we we and this is on trade. This is on Kyle Shanahan. Like Kyle Shanahan, oh, I'm gonna trade up for Brandon Ayuk, and then it turns out I fucking hate him, and no one should like what? And now he's kind of getting back into it. I based my whole thing off of, oh, should I take Fields or should I take Lance? And you know, there's a little little part of me that kind of regrets. Passing on fields, you know, um, my, you know, my guy, big fan of his, uh, I was just concerned about Chicago and I'm like, oh, come on, Shanahan, he's a genius. And I got Ayuk, I'm going to have this duo for years. It's going to be incredible. Is Shanahan a genius or is he a fucking asshole? I kind of think he's a fucking asshole. I mean, I think he's a great offensive coach. I think he could be the best OC in the league, but I think he's a fucking idiot when it comes up. I mean, he trades up for Ayuk, doesn't like him. Trades up picks for Trey Lance. Season is seemingly taking. He's like, nope, Jimmy's our guy. Jimmy's our guy. Can't get this guy reps. No way. No how. What the fuck? The fuck is going on, man? And another thing he did, he trades up to get Trey Sermon this year. And then he gets Elijah Mitchell in the fifth round and goes, no, this is our lead running back. Fuck Trey Sermon. He sucks. You drafted up for him. That's like that meme. It's like people tell me they hate Subway. It's like, motherfucker, you made the sandwich. How can you hate the Subway? You made the sandwich. You picked it out. You picked Trey Sermon. You won't use him. But I think it's funny because we all revere Shanahan. And clearly, I'm not the only one that thought like that because people were, you know, drooling, telling me similar things about having Trey Lance and Ayuk together at draft night. But it slipped into Billy's mind, certainly when he took Trey Sermon at what, uh, 12 overall. And then Nikki sneaks and gets Ramondre Stevenson at 22. And Ramondre looks like the real deal. And sometimes, I mean, he's a big bruising back. He's not, he's not shifty or dynamic, not fast, but he's big. And you kind of remember, wait a second. You know, you can't, you know, we think, oh, Shanahan's a genius. And Belichick, he's a genius, but he tends to draft shitty at skill positions. It's like, yeah, but just go back to college. Trey Sermon transferred because Ramondre Stevenson stole his job. So did it make sense for us to draft Trey Sermon over Ramondre Stevenson? Just because Trey Sermon had a great college playoffs on a, on a good team with a good O-line? I, you know, well, it did for us because, because the NFL did, but did it make sense for the NFL to do it? Eh, it doesn't look like it, but 
Anyways, fuck Kyle Shanahan. This is officially an anti-Kyle Shanahan podcast. I'm sick of his ass. Okay, so let's get into a couple things that happened in our league. I know I missed a week. I'm not doing double duty. Fuck that. You 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 get the deal. Um, the the uh, the the pick the pickups were thoroughly uninteresting. I mean, I can highlight that Nate got PJ Walker for eleven dollars. That lasted a week. Um, Billy got Brandon Bolden for three. Whatever. Colt McCoy. You don't. No one. Who wants to hear this? Um, Nick got. Wayne Gallman for 10 bucks this week. That's a decent deal, but a total whiff. And anyways, all kickers and defenses. So let's just get into the games. Let's rip the fucking Band-Aid off right now. Matt beat me 136 to 131.7. Measly points. I could have won so easily, so easily if I had played Elijah Moore or Tony Pollard over Tyler Lockett. This is also an official fuck Russ week. He made a cool video, and he had to show off Oh, I'm back. Here's my succession style theme video that I'm so back. No, clearly, if Geno Smith had played, I'm convinced I get more points out of Lockett and I win this game. I'm fucking convinced of that, and you'll never push me off that mountain. Ever, 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 ever. And then I just have to watch in agony Debo Samuel get two manufactured jet sweeps in the end zone and just thinking, why don't you just give one to Elijah Mitchell? I just literally, I just need one from him. Just one, just one. That was my Monday night. My Sunday night, Matt's starting half of the, he's starting the entirety of the Mahomes of the Chiefs offense and the Chiefs are back and the Raiders are like, well, we're still going to play cover three and cover four, even though everyone has noticed that if you if you play two back, whatever, I don't fucking know all the details details, but you know what I'm saying. Everybody notice, oh, put the pressure on, put the pressure on Mahomes to just take dump offs and do run game, and he'll want to go for the money shot, and that's how you'll beat him. Everyone's talking about it. The Raiders just don't care. They do their own fucking thing. I'm watching in agony as the Raiders have so many chances to stop this drive. I'm like, stop that fucking drive. Stop that drive. Grab that pick. They had like three balls they could have picked. They had like a fucking offsides. Give them more yardage. And then I see this ridiculously stupid goddamn catch to Daryl Williams. And I'm thinking, did this fucker seriously? I'm literally standing up going, no, 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 no. He didn't get it. He didn't get it. How the fuck? That's the difference. That was my game right there, and I knew it. As soon as that happened, I said, I lost this fucking game. Anyways, that hurts. So Matt beats me for, I don't know, maybe the fifth time in a row. Yeah, I was the top of the league. I was in the bye. He knocked me off. It's... But you know what? I'll save that for later. Uh, in a very interesting match, this this had shockwaves. Devin beat Dave 124 to 105, doing the rest of us in the cuck division a solid after Nikki totally fucked us the week before. If Nikki didn't fuck us, Dave's five and six right now. It, 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 oh, I'm sorry, five and five. Actually, he's behind Billy in the playoff order almost on the way out. He's in the sixth spot. So that's kind of interesting. He was gifted a game wrongfully. He could be out of it. I mean, Rodgers has just not been putting it up, and Jacob stinks. So, you know, just not a big not a big day for him. But that was a big one for us. I guess this is also, you know, what happens when Ben is out at the last second and you have to play Alex Collins as your super flex. Um, but, you know, that's what happens when you're ill-prepared. Um, 
And then on on Devin's side, I mean, you know, what what is there to say? He's <laughs> just rubbing salt in the wounds, playing Mason Rudolph while Ben is out for Dave. That's hilarious. Russ, obviously, we we spoke about him already. He was a non-factor, but the AJ Dillon game, my God, it's AJ Dillon time. I don't think we're ready. I don't think we're ready for those thighs. I'm I'm kind of afraid of what could happen with those thighs rumbling through the league for the next couple weeks. But anyways, tremendous solid for us in the Cuck Division. Thank you, Devin. In a in a I can't believe in a in a Jesse Pinkman he can't keep getting away with this overacted moment. How did Nick win ninety four point three two to Drew's eighty five point five eight? Could Drew have won this game? I'm gonna be sick if he could have just fucking started. No, no. Anyways, no, he couldn't have won. But really, he couldn't have won. Jesus, he could have got four more points with Jimmy Garoppolo, I guess, but it wouldn't have been enough. Wow, I mean, a shocking game from Brady to lose to the to the Bucks, especially weren't didn't they just get off a bye? Am I wrong in thinking that? I think they did. Jesus Christ, yeah, just an just an absolute travesty. And like, are we ready to talk about what's going on with Darren Waller? Are, are we ready to talk about that? Because I mean, that was a very nice pickup. Oh, and Aaron Jones went out. That doesn't help, and that hurts his uh, his next few weeks here. But, um, you know, are we ready to talk about if Darren Waller's still a top three tight end in Dynasty? I don't know. I haven't really seen it this year. Um, you know, it, it's just – and on Drew's side, this is just a man been beaten down by the universe one too many times. I mean, Justin Jefferson has an incredible game. Eckler does all right, but A.J. Brown disappears. Le'Veon Bell – I don't think he even started. I think he was cut before the game. I think he was cut on the way to the game. I don't know. So he gets a zero from the Steelers head coach because of the fucking die. Oh, this is just this is just sad to see. It would have been it would have been incredible had he pulled this one off if he had got enough points to beat the number one team in the league. Um, it would have been incredible. Because he would have been firmly still fighting for a playoff spot. Not that it's totally out of the consideration, but, you know, we're getting there. Uh, I don't know that I need to say much about Nate beating Bob 129-50. to 50. Um, Yeah, this is just what... This is old hash. I mean, except to say, except to point out that in an incredibly stupid move, when I was like, oh, I need to go for it, and Stafford's, bang- Stafford's banged up, and Cam's banged up, and I need another quarterback, I need to get Tannehill back, after I sold him to, Dev- to Nate for a first. So then I trade him Matthew Stafford, Cam Newton, uh, Debo Samuel, and LaVisca Chenault, and two-thirds that he got rid of, I think. Did he get rid of LaVisca, too? Yeah, I don't know what he did with him. But anyways, I gave him all that for Tannehill. And then I moved Tannehill for a pick that became Javonta Williams. Sure, Javonta's great. But 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 Nate's starting half of that trade that I made with him. He's starting half of that trade. Debo Samuel is fucking here. And I, I, it's because I got Ayuk for cheap. I'm like, well, I don't need both of them. Fuck me. Every time, every fucking time, I make the wrong choice. I don't need DK Metcalf. I got Lockett. I don't need Jamar Chase. I got T. Higgins. I don't need fucking Debo. I got Ayuk. Every time I make the wrong fucking choice. In another tight one, Billy beats Nikki 143.8 to 137.5. And yes, a return of a 56-point week from the duo of Tyreek Hill and 
Patrick Mahomes. Jonathan Taylor had a good first half, kind of went quiet for the rest of the week there, and James Conner doing okay in mop-up duty. TJ Hawkinson, in in, Hawkinson and Pat Firemuth, he played both of <laughs> them combined for 1.1 in the tie fucking game and Cordero Patterson gets injured so yeah um on uh Nikki's side was he able to win this one hold on let me see let me let me run the numbers here no I don't believe so so this was a this was a clean clean victory for young Bill there um but, you know, Nikki's got a good team I really think he does I really think the fact that he has two first-round picks next year, which are currently trending top four, I think he's got some firepower to do some shit. Anyways, let's get into the standings, because then I want to tell you about the strength of schedule, which is a really fun exercise. In first place, leading the bullshit division. Wait a goddamn second. Who was the... Oh, okay. I'm sorry, I don't have my sheet here. But that the win over... Uh, Devin's win over Dave gives the bullshit division another win. I think that would put the the year total at nine to seven, but I'll confirm next week. I'll, I'll check my sources. Anyways, in first place, leading the bullshit division is Nick of the Case Keenum Nation. A little riddled by injuries, but eking out to nine and one, hundred percent chance of the playoffs. Currently, he's got the third most points scored. No, I'm sorry, the fourth most points scored in the league. He's fallen. In second overall, leading the Cuck division in possession of the bye at 7-3 and three is Nate, 99% chance of playoffs. I told this fucking app when he was at 30 that was too damn low. Now he's at 99. But can he keep that? Can he keep that position for long? I don't know because he's got a lot of other guys nipping at his heels. Me is one of them. Oh, and he's got the six most points scored in the league. I'm in third place at six and four, for, formerly in second place, but let's not talk about it. You used to have a bye. 99% chance of the playoffs, most points scored in the league. Yes, I got one win back from, from getting that bye. Uh, in fourth place is Matt. He's also at six and four, 97% chance of playoffs, second most points scored in the league, only eight less than me. So not only are we just, you know, we're tied at wins, eight points separates me and him. My God. The drama leading with these last four weeks. What could happen between him and I as we fight for this bye or potentially fight for third overall? And you got to remember, third overall gets to pick their first round matchup. So that's, that's very big. That's a huge deal. I think personally, because someone's going to enter this playoffs banged up. Someone's going to have a low projected week. We know that. So if that pans out to be true. And you got that third overall selection. I mean, you might as well have a buy. Am I right? In fourth overall, sorry, Matt was fourth. In fifth overall is Dave. He's got the eighth most points scored in the league. He's also at six and four. So he's got us on wins. He's all bunched up with us on wins. But recall here, he's got an 87% chance of the playoffs just because not really many other people left. He's got a three-game lead on anybody but Bill and Nick in the uh, other division. But recall, he could have been at five and could have been in serious danger. But I think, I think Nikki's Nikki's stumble is going to save his season here and get him into the get him into the get him a ticket to the dance. I don't know how far it'll take him. Uh, in fifth, sorry, I keep fucking fucking this up. In sixth overall is Billy. He's got the third most points score in the league. He's a five and five. He's roaring back. Uh, he's pissed off. Ninety-one percent chance of the playoffs. Higher percentage chance than Dave. I mean, you know, if if 
if myself, Matt, or Dave stumble this week and Billy wins, he's got a chance to jump us. Could jump us. He's uh, He's got 11 less than uh, than uh, Matt and 19 points less than me. That's a pretty easy hurdle to climb. So don't be surprised if it occurs. Nikki, seventh overall, first man out, three and seven. Uh, he's got the fifth most points scored in the league. Yeah, and he's got a 12% shot of the playoffs. Drew, now in eighth place, three and seven. He's got the uh, seventh most points scored in the league. Uh, Devin, after the win, also three and seven. So tied with Nikki and 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 Drew and wins. Could Devin be having a bit of a resurgence here with a healthy Russ and a Fields that's rounding into form and a Dylan with the full workload? Is anybody nervous about that? I don't know. Maybe you should be. But he's got the ninth most points scored in the league. And Bob is in tenth place, two and eight, zero percent chance of playoffs. Sorry about that, Bob. Least most points scored in the league. But let's look ahead because we have some extremely interesting matchups this week. Mm, you know what? I'm going to save it. Let's get to the strength of schedule first. This is good stuff. This is good shit. This is some good shit right here. Where'd you get this? Okay, so strength of schedule stuff. If you look at how many wins your opponent has over the next three weeks on average, let's see where what, what would that get us. Okay. So you look at, you know, how many, your next week, how many wins on average your opponent has. Here are the three guys with the toughest schedule. Nate, Bob, and Bill. On average, over the next four weeks, their average opponent has six wins. So it's above 500. Okay, the easiest, uh, Drew, his average opponent wins over the next four weeks, three and a half. Followed by Nick, who's uh, at 4.25. And Devin at 4.25. Okay, so if you look at it in terms of opponent rank, you know where where is your opponent ranked? Um, Nate is all is still the hardest. He's got uh, his his opponent on average is ranked 3.75. Bob is next. His average opponent is 4.25. And Bill, his average opponent is in 4.75 play, fifth place. The easiest. Are Drew at seven and a half, me at six and a half, and Nick at six point two five. If you look at the average points scored over the next four weeks, Nate's got the hardest schedule. On average, his opponents in the next four weeks have scored one thirty six. Devin is next. His average points scored for opponents one thirty four, followed by Bob at one thirty two. Easiest, myself. At 113, then Drew at 118, and after Drew, Nick at 121. So that's a big difference. I mean, you know, Nate is facing opponents that on average have scored 23 more than me. Now, now why is the big discrepancy? Because Nate's got myself, Matt, Nick, and Nikki coming up the next four weeks. That's rough. I mean, that's three playoff teams with with one guy who could be in the mix, right? A couple other things break his way. Myself, why why are things so skewed in my favor? Well, it's because I play Nate and Dave, who are not total top of uh, top of point scorers, but both playoff teams. But then I end the year with Bob and then Devin. But that Devin game at the end of the year, that's looking tough now. I'm, I'm a little afraid of what that could be. Um, anyways, 
looking at some other ones, you know, why is Drew so hard? Why is Drew so easy? Well, he's got Devin and Bob the next two weeks. Then he goes Nikki and Matt. But, you know, he could play spoiler. So, anyways, just keeping that in mind, that'll be a little fun. And this week, we've got some great matchups. Point out some things you might not be totally aware of. So we got, you know, we got, at this point, it, it would be nice for Nikki to get a win over Nick. Um, you know, if he had won that game against Dave, this means a lot more. I mean, this would be the chance to to, to really break into the playoffs. Um, but, you know, uh, Nick, at this point, unless he loses the next four straight and Billy wins the next four straight, he's getting a bye, right? So, <laughs> I mean, that could happen, but I don't know, not likely. Uh Dave and Bob, yeah, not not a great matchup. I mean, it would be awesome if Bob won. I would love that, but, you know, I don't know if that's going to happen. Uh, a sneaky, 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 very important matchup is Drew versus Devin. And why is that? Because Devin owns Drew's first-round pick, and they're both tied at 3-7. and seven. Now, currently, if the season ends today, Devin and Bob are facing off for one overall the loser would get two overall. But in this case, Nikki would get Devin's pick. So Devin has no skin in the game. Only Bob does. But, and and if the season ended today, Nikki and Drew would be playing, the winner would get three overall, the loser would get four overall. Now Drew's got no skin in the game because Devin has his pick. And I don't know how he's going to get that back because Devin's rebuilding, right? So that's a little more difficult to get his own pick back at that point than it would be if his pick was owned by a contender. So, if Devin can beat him here, he could potentially upgrade that pick from four to two. So that could be huge if that happens. Um, another great game is Billy versus Matt. I mean, finally, like, like let's just let's let it end. Billy's a great story. He's he's on the up and up. And guess what? If what, what did we just say? If he beats Matt and he beats him by more than eleven, he doesn't just push his ass down. He leapfrogs him. He's closer to the third third overall, getting that coveted third overall, getting to choose his own opponent. Um, so I kind of might want to make that the match of the week, but maybe I don't know. And then there's me and Nate. There's me and Nate. This is this is gonna be this is gonna be a tight one. It's gonna be a tough one. If I win this. If, if I win this, I'm, I'm back in the bye. I'm back in the bye. Unless Matt wins insignificantly, not significantly, but outscores me by like eight, right? So that's totally possible. But, but winning this definitely puts me in a great position for the bye. Losing this, that, that's a nice lead for, for, for Nate. I mean, he'll have eight wins at that point. Um, you know, say, say Nick were to lose somehow. Well, now he's one game back of the one seed overall right? You know, Nick loses one more, he wins one more, he could jump him. So that's pretty big. I mean, if Nate can win this, it, it puts some distance between him. And I mean, he's he's looking pretty locked into, okay, if I get past this match, I'm, I'm, I'm probably going to be one or three, right? I'll either get my bye or I'll get to pick my opponent. If he loses this, he's, I mean, he's three is still in play, but one is, one is now a lot more questionable. So those are some good games. I don't know if I can put... I think I got to put it to Billy and, and Matt. I think that's just going to be the most fun. But anyways, as I said to you before, an incredible, incredible season, an incredible week of games, an incredible three weeks after this one leading up to the playoffs. I'm so excited to see how it goes down. So much drama, so much intensity. Oh, and I love, I love that there's no trades. I love that there's no trades because we so clearly 
have three teams, four teams that are rebuilding. Clearly, we, last year at this time, we didn't know. It was a dogfight. Everyone was trying to get in, and everyone was active. Now, Bob needs picks. Bob, Bob wants young pieces, right? So does Devin. Drew wants picks back. Uh, Nicky, I mean, he's, you know, he could compete in the playoffs if he wanted to, but I think he's looking at it like looking at the long game. He's got two first round picks next year. He could use some more, but none of those guys, I mean, like, you know, everybody's got, you know, it's, it's very clear that they need it, but us at the top, I mean, if you could get a deal done, you could really push yourself forward in the playoffs, but can you get a deal done? Do you have the juice and do you want to risk it all? You know, are you feeling... Are you feeling froggy like you're ready to risk it all? I don't know. But anyway, it's going to be a fantastic year. Just as a reminder, our trade deadline is the week before the last week of this. No, the day the last week of the regular season kicks off. So by the time the Thursday games start, week 14, that be week 14? Yeah, by the time the Thursday night games start week 14, no more trades. Okay, they'll be like 820, whatever. No more trades after that point. So maybe start sending those feelers out there, fellas. For those feelers, 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 fellas, fellas, feelers. Okay, that's all. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye.